When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And tonight we're going back to the future. Wait, no? No, back to the past. Back to, I never understood the title of that movie. We're going back to the <laughs> almost 20 years ago since we were in college. Oh my God, shut up. It hasn't been 20 years. You mean 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it really does feel like. I, it's so funny when I think about when we were in college. I'm like, that was just a couple of years ago. And now we're bordering on almost 20 years ago. Yep. And we're going to talk about a craptastic movie that probably deserves more to be on like horror movie night than it does the Jersey Ghouls. But it is very nostalgic to the both, both of us because it is a movie we definitely bonded over. Oh, 100%. So yeah, tonight we are going to be talking about the 2001 movie Slashers. Super fun. And we're also going to do a little bit of story time about uh, the, the story of us, Marissa. It's, it's, it's our love story. Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah no i'm really excited to kind of do this i can't believe we haven't done this sooner that's yeah that's true but um yeah so to that in 2001 this basically indie film by maurice devereux comes out and we were we were both working at a video store at that point I think so, yeah. I think we were both working at Hollywood Video because yes, you okay. got me the job there. That's right. And it was that glorious minute where I was your boss. Yes. <laughs> you were a key holder and I was a lonely guest service representative. You sure were. But boy, did I ever favor you and have nepotism. <laughs> because you and I would sit on our arses and do a whole <laughs> lot of eating of the food. Uh, the Rice Krispie Treats. The Rice Krispie Treats and those little gross cookie dough, cookie dough bites. <laughs> yeah, those are so disgusting. Yet I ate them. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. But oh yeah. my god, every every Saturday morning when I opened the store, my breakfast was a bottle of Pepsi and a Rice Krispie Treat. And I wondered why my weight skyrocketed in college. <laughs> I know. I have a lot of balls to talk shit on how much weight I gained in college because I literally <laughs> lived off of concession stand food at Hollywood Video. You know McDonald's. what I loved, though? I loved that – remember the bucket of popcorn where, like, you put the actual bucket into the microwave and oh, it pops yeah. in its own container? I oh, loved that. that. that was I bought best. that all the time. 
That's cute that you bought it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not get arrested. Um, no, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so I started working at Hollywood Video because I desperately needed a job. And I have to admit that not only was it awesome because I got to work with you, but it, it really was one of my all-time favorite jobs. Yeah, this same same situation. You know, I was a uh, I was a commuter at college because I lived like two towns over, not even I think no one town over from from Rowan. And you know, it was one of those things where I'm home, and when I'm not in school, like when I'm not in class, and I'm not hanging out with you, my mom was like, "Yeah, you you need to get a job. You're not one of those like privileged kids." She's like, "Your grades aren't so good where I can allow you to not work." You know, and focus on your studies. She's like, you know, at that point, I think I was like a solid BC student with like the occasional like A minus peppered in. Um, so she was like, yeah, you need to work. And you had said like, yo, come work at a video store. And how how freaking cool is that? Because we got the free rentals. We got to watch the new releases before they were released to the public. Yeah, best best perks ever. I And I'm not even kidding when I say I loved that job with every every fiber of my being um not only did i love being able to just sit around and watch movies and talk movies and just be completely engulfed in movies but i really just enjoy i don't know i don't know what it was and i always laugh because i say that if i can make a living if video stores still existed and i could make a reasonable living doing it i would 100 percent be running one today because nothing made me happier i loved i put so much pride and energy into that store that it's almost ridiculous and yeah and part of it was definitely being surrounded by awesome people like we got like i got to hang out with you i made i scheduled you to work with me all the time <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, Slashers was one of our video store treasures, and I'm sure we're the only ones who rented it ever. Probably. <laughs> I would say that like many people, and I know that we have friends that have worked in video stores, like, you know, anybody that's worked in a video store has done this where you kind of just, you pick a genre and you start working your way through and you just watch, you know, just every night you're going to, you know, we get free rentals. So yeah, you're going to grab one. I'm going to grab one. I think, didn't we get like up to three free rentals? And I mean, this was the golden age where they were still all on VHS. Because I I remember a lot of the horror movies that I watched when we worked there were that was from the VHS section. Yeah, no, I definitely did a lot of VHS at this point too. DVDs were just kind of really becoming the go-to. And not only did I watch legitimately every piece of crap possible from like 2000 through 2006, but I also well 2005, but I also like legitimately. I don't know, like, I there are some covers that will forever remind me of those days. Like, uh, behind the enemy gates or whatever. Like, there's just a couple that when I see them, I'm like, oh, Hollywood video. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, obviously, you know, listeners, you're going to see the thumbnail. We're going to have the cover of this. What We got the Preacher Man and we've got Chainsaw Charlie and... So, yeah, like, that is a cover. I mean, not that I ever really see that cover in the wild because this is fucking slashers. But, but no, there are absolutely – it's funny. Like, you go through um, – what's uh, the streaming service? Voodoo. If, sometimes I'll be flipping through Voodoo and I'll see the cover of something and I'm like, oh, I remember putting that on the wall. Remember when we had to, we had to face the wall? Which when I uh, elevated – see, I, I started as a guest service manager and – as it often happens in these retail stores, I skyrocketed to like middle management. <laughs> and my favorite thing to do 
was on Monday nights, we had to reface, was it Monday nights when we had to reface the wall and put all the new stuff out for opening Tuesday morning? Yes. And you know, when you like, yeah, it was like my favorite, my favorite thing to do in the world. Yeah. When you had to put out like 30 VHS copies and like 15 DVDs of like the latest Harry Potter that was coming out, which by the way, I will say was one of the worst experiences I ever had at Hollywood video was when a woman came in, it was like a rainy Saturday and she's like, Hey, my kids are home. It's raining. Can you please suggest a movie? What's new? And one of, I, I don't remember if it was Harry Potter, if it was like one or two, it was one of the first two movies that came out. And I suggested, I said, well, actually, you know, this Harry Potter just came out and, you know, I started describing it and she began to yell at me and said that as a Christian woman, she would not subject her children to witchcraft and I must be a devil worshiper because I'm peddling his wares and she will never come back to Hollywood video and she's going to report me for being a devil worshiper. And I was like, okay, have a nice day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, did we write inappropriate things about her in the comment section of her <laughs> membership? Because that's how we often smited people. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes, sometimes if I really wanted to mess with them, I would lock their account for no reason. <laughs> you always had the shifty bitches that are like, because our policy at Hollywood Video, whereas like if you weren't satisfied, you got a hundred percent guarantee or refund, you know, or like you know if you're not satisfied, we'll give you a free rental. So they were you bitches. always fucking fuckwads coming in like, oh, this movie skipped a whole bunch. I want a free rental, and we had to like and they would just come in time and like every single time they rented something went wrong or I got halfway through it and I didn't like it and you know what you can't prove how far they got along in the movie or whatever so yeah definitely writing shitty things about people in the comments was fun I gave out free movies like I was giving out (laughs) fucking boogers like I was just like everybody gets a a good metaphor right everybody got a free rental like because anytime somebody even remotely began to complain my main goal in life was to not have to deal with people's shit so i'd just be like ah no problem sir go pick out five ten movies i got you (laughs) like i did never gave a hoot and then sometimes i would be like oh man maybe i shouldn't be so so uh so easy with the free rentals for our policy and then it turned out that our manager was stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars so really it's fine (laughs) i wonder have a register uh, a manager that stole because i don't think we did I remember my very first night closing, the kid that I closed with stole a crap ton of money. And like, it was my first night, like as like a, like key holder. So I was locking the store down and the money was off like big time. And like, I had to call whoever or, you know, I forget who, who was the, oh, what's her fucking name? I don't remember. El Diablo. Large March. Large March. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, uh, we you know, I had to call her. her. As if either <laughs> of us were skinny, we called this, we fat shamed this woman. <laughs> oh man, we had a lot of balls but, uh, in my head. But uh, yeah, like, I had to call her and be like, um, this money is missing. And I'm like, I didn't take it. Like, I, this is night one for me. I'm nervous as it is. And it turned out that the kid that I work with, like, Was swiped a bunch guy? of money. And- the guy didn't steal. It was the dude that I was closing with. He stole like a hundred and some odd dollars. Wow. What a and like, crap. I guess, 
Worst I ever did was steal popcorn. <laughs> I, I guess he thought like, oh, like maybe they'll just like chalk it up as a mistake because it's my first night and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, honestly, like closing down the registers wasn't hard. Like we had a computer system. You just had to count the number of bills and plug that number into the computer system. And it did everything automatically for you. So no, working this job was literally the equivalent of using like a third grade mind. And I loved it. Yeah. It was nothing better. Yeah. But anyway, you know, and remember the dude who had free rentals for life because he rented like Bambi and it was porn? Yes. That was the best. Was, was it? I see. Now, I worked at a couple Hollywood videos. Was it our Hollywood video when someone put a turd in their DVD box and then put it in the rental return? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and amen to the, And I got to tell you, I was the one who found it, so I laughed. <laughs> I remember how bad the management was. Remember that one young manager chick? She was the worst. She like took her job way too seriously. And then she wound up marrying one of the kids who worked. <laughs> Man, we slummed it at the old Hollywood video. And the best part of the story is that there was a blockbuster around the corner that was considered like the classiest, like the classier of the two. Like yeah. people who had some sense of dignity went to blockbuster and everybody else slummed it at the old Hollywood video. And they sh- the blockbuster fuckers shit on us. Oh, they didn't like us. It was they, like the Jets and the Sharks. They, yeah, and they, yeah, they but didn't more, like us one day. It was more like the um, socks, the, the socias, and the greasers. We were the greasers. True. Absolutely. We definitely were the wrong side of the tracks of the old Quite literally video in video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I gotta tell you, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I actually went, remember I worked at Blockbuster for a while because the pay was better? And I was yeah, like, and they were mean no, to you. fuck this. This sucks. I was like, these people they take like, so way mean. too. Well, they were like strict, like because we were such dirtbags. Like we thought we were living in the movie clerks. We would like sit on the counter and watch Dawn of the Dead at like five p.m. <laughs> and when I went to Blackbird, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? And there were so many rules, and there were so many like buzzkill things you weren't allowed to do. Like no smoking cigarettes right outside the door of the place. I know. No. It's like when you when we would stand with our like holding the door open with our backs, smoking our cigarettes. <laughs> so we technically weren't allowed to be on break. We were so classy. We were so freaking classy. What's, and what's the name of the game store that was located in our store? GameStop. Game. No, it wasn't GameStop. Game... Game Alley? No. Remember the jerk who worked there? I knew a couple jerks who worked there. <laughs> I also do know some people. There was there there are a couple people that I actually still to this day uh, are friends with. I think it was Game Alley. No, it wasn't Game Alley. You're not your bird. Definitely Game crazy. Game stuff. crazy. Game crazy. That's right. It. I just googled it. There was that one Latino go. dude who was muy machismo and was not <laughs> nice at all, and he would yell. And then, but the, on the on the plus side, when we got the game store inside the Hollywood video, we were able to go play video games. So it was a win win. That is true. And I did even That's less work then. <laughs> and I didn't think that was possible because I let me tell you, I didn't do a lot of work when I worked at the video store. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get on to slashers. So slashers okay. drew our attention because the cover was like this really almost reminiscent of like old seventies grindhouse style, like creepy cover with all the ma- the really bad masks from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna stick. So the premise of the film is basically a group of American contestants go out a crazy Japanese game show where they are chased and hunted by serial killers. So believe it or not, and I stand by this, this was a really good idea in 2001. Like the internet was still not 
like it was still young and the thought of reality tv was still young at this point yeah this is i mean we had we had the real world on mtv and i think around this time we also had survivor but we really didn't have that boom of like the competition reality show which is what this was and it really did it hit the nail on the head with just how absurd some of these competitions are and just how i don't i don't know like i feel like it, you you're absolutely right this came before a lot of the ridiculousness that ended up being all i mean and when you say like you know with the competition reality shows You've got Survivor. I mean, the real world road rules challenge. Uh, and then even things like The Bachelor and, you know, Rock of Love and Flavor of Love and all that stuff. Like those are all in the umbrella of competition reality shows. And I think it's adorable that when you talk competition reality shows, you reference things from 10 years, 15, 20 years ago. Like you're not like you. Can, I don't think you could physically name modern competition reality shows, which is really admirable of you that you're so far removed from because like i'm sitting here and i'm listening to you name these and in my head i'm like why isn't she naming any modern reality competition shows why is she naming things for 20 years because that's like the last time that i watched this stuff you know i mean i will admit although i will say that like you know if i if i found actually i think they are on hulu I think like Rock of Love might be on Hulu and I'd, I'd go back to visit that. But yeah, because that's the last time that I watch this kind of stuff. I'm not a big, I, my, I spend my time, you know, uh, reading, uh, not reading movies, uh, watching movies. Like I don't, okay. I'm not you a big TV watcher. Like, like Project Runway, Dancing with the Stars, like The Voice, American Idol, nope. Uh, uh, nope. Top Chef, Big Brother, like none of those, America's Got Talent, Ninja Warrior, American Ninja Warrior. Nope, nope. Um, I did watch, um, we did a couple of years ago watch a season of Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay. You were Ramsay. like, I'm hip. Duck, 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 duck. <laughs> I can't believe you legitimately cannot name modern reality television. I, we don't have cable. We don't watch this stuff. It doesn't appeal to me. The only TV show that we keep up to at, on any sort of current schedule is is Game of Thrones. Like that's I, don't want, I like can't. We, I don't want to talk about it. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have cable. We have a bunch of streaming services, and every now and then, like we'll be like, "Oh, you know, this is streaming," you know, and we'll we'll like we watched Mad Men. Neither one of us had Chad and I did not see Mad Men, and you know, a couple of years ago, we were like, "Oh, it's on Netflix, the whole series. Let's watch it." And we spent you know a couple weeks, like maybe one or two every night, watching that. But yeah, that's I have never been one for like much television honestly like after i hit like teenage years like suddenly i don't know i just was i wasn't into it like but again god bless the streaming services because right now and this is thanks to uh our, our mise on scream homie katie she had posted something about watching buffy like just re-watching the series a couple weeks ago and i was like oh dude i'm like i love buffy and i got rid of all my buffy dvds and i'm like i wish i could rewatch that and then I found it on Hulu not long after I had seen her post. So I'm currently rewatching Buffy again and I haven't watched the series. It's been it's been a minute since I've seen this. So it's like a lot of it is it's not super repetitive, you know what I mean? So I'm I'm currently smack dab in the middle of season 4 of Buffy and I'm happy to say that Hulu also has Angel 
and Dollhouse. So as soon as I'm done with this, I can continue on to more Joss Whedon goodness. Yeah, no, I, I, that's more, way more noble than watching like RuPaul's Drag Race, as I am apt to do on occasion. Or like, I even like weird ones like Forged in Fire, where the people literally forge weapons. Like, I would watch any reality t- television just to kill some time in the background, but I respect that you don't. But getting back to the film, though, I think that. This movie was was ahead of its time in this concept because this concept would be done again and again and again. This idea that, oh, how long before we have reality TV where people are watching everybody kill each other? Like even like things like The Hunger Games and Battle Royale and stuff like that. Like this movie kind of like as ridiculous as it's going to sound kind of paved a little bit of the way for that in my head because I loved the concept of these American competitors going on a Japanese game show and Japanese game shows were, we were just starting to realize how wacky they were in the early two thousands. And I love that it is three like masked themed guys, even if they're not very well executed or acted. (laughs) So basically there's like this rando group of Americans, again, terrible actors. Like, I don't know if there's no local film school near where they shot this or what, but like, God, you can't find a starving artist who could actually act a little bit. Oh my god, it was so painful on the rewatch. But um the the three serial killers are like like you said, Chainsaw Charlie, the preacher who's like new to the game show, and then Dr. Giggles who's like the OG of like the game. Wait, what's his Dr. Um, Dr. Giggles, no? Did I make it up? It's not Dr. Dr. Ripple. No, I like Giggles better. <laughs> I think there's already a Dr. Giggles. Oh, <laughs> That's already a movie. Oh my god, you're right. There is a Dr. Giggles movie. He doesn't look very yeah. giggly though. The doctor is out dot 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 of his mind that's what the cover of dr giggle says in case you're worried oh i remember this movie this movie used to scare me in the early 90s okay oh my god (laughs) so so yeah so this group of kids these group of young americans are all trying to survive and hilarity and ensues basically and you know it's it's not without its stereotypes because we have you know the muscly kind of marine guy we have kind of a bigger machismo guy we have kind of a smaller stature guy but he's you know he seems to be more smart but he's like a little smarmy and then we've got the tough chick we've got the really pretty chick and then we've got our quote-unquote ingenue you know so we've got our six stereotypes and it's what's cool is so your perspective is from the cameraman uh hideo and and he follows them around i mean they have this whole maze and kind of obstacle-y kind of area set up you know, and it's places where they can hide from the killers or they can forge weapons. I mean, they say right out the gate, there are no rules. And that not only applies to, you know, the killers killing you or you killing them, that also applies to the six contestants within the group. There are absolutely no rules. You have an X amount of time to survive. And if you do, you can walk away with $12 million. And then you can also get bonus money if you kill the killers you get a bonus $2 million. So you could walk away with a butt ton of money if you can figure out how to survive. Yeah, and this movie kind of suffered from having this amazing concept but not having the budget or the skill set to pull it off because the idea of what the set should have looked like was always very fascinating to me. And I almost think that like what Rob Zombie did in 31 is what I always secretly hoped this would be. I'm on board with that. Yeah, that's that's 100% absolutely Yeah, right. and like I feel like the characters he brought to life and everything like that, like it felt very much like slashers to me and I think that's why I liked it. I So there's, there's definitely problems with this film. I mean, budget, 
the special effects are kind of problematic at times. The, the scenery falls apart around them. Like you can tell this movie was made on a shoestring and you can also tell that everybody behind it was really taking their first crack at filmmaking. But it was, it was fun for what it was. We watched it a lot back in the day. We loved it. It was we funny. We watched it so many times. Well, you know, I actually, I have the note that like the, the special effects are not great, but to me, they're still impressive. Like, I think this is the best they could possibly be kind of on the budget they're on. I mean, they're they're like chainsawing people in half. They are putting stakes through people's eyes. You know, they're people being plunged onto, you know, metal spikes coming up from the ground. Like, yeah, they're definitely, it's definitely something where you can totally tell that that was a dummy. And you can see in the scene where the girl gets chainsawed in half, like you can tell that her head is sitting on a prosthetic body, but yeah, they're definitely a little rough, but at the same time to me, they're still impressive. You know, it's still, I think thematically it matches the rest of the movie. Like, it's not like it was like this amazing, great movie, but it had shitty special effects. Like to me, the, the I guess the quality of the special effects it matched everything else like you said this is a low budget film and I I thought it I thought it all flowed nicely so to me like yeah I'm 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 okay with the very obvious rubber masks the obvious prosthetics I'm I'm aware I'm okay with it <laughs> no it works and, for and me. me too there's something like there's a lot of heart behind the film I feel like and there's also like this huge concept that was very well thought out like even when they do like the theme song at the beginning of the slashers and you see all the other uh, murders and how like they you know like they they obviously had a really solid ironed out plan and while I, there's definitely some flaws in it it's a good concept and it was I mean listen I don't love necessarily the final girl in this film I think she's not only suffers from being kind of a poor actress let's hope we don't meet her at a convention soon but um, <laughs> but I think she like just the idea of her being like someone who protests it I liked that. Like, I liked that spit on it. And I liked, like, I also liked that the cameraman wound up getting involved, but it wasn't for necessarily nice reasons. Like, it was all very fascinating. And and I think that it has m- way more layers than a goofy B-movie from the late, early 2000s. Because, like, B-movies are a dying art, I feel like, in some ways, like, because video stores are a dying art. And I think that one of the things I love about independent horror now is that it's resurging, like, I get to watch all these cool independent horror films, both when I'm judging for panels and for film competitions, but also just because that's where cool stuff like and B movies live now. I feel like slashers would have done well on the independent film circuit in the early 2000s. Yeah, one and the twist, and I like that it has that twist ending because you. So they have all the contestants like once you go in, like you can't leave. And they all wear these collars around their neck that, you know, if they do anything wrong, the show can literally like immobilize them to the point where, you know, there's a scene where the preacher is on top of one of the girls and he's about to stab her with a wooden stake. And they were like, all right, everybody hold 30 seconds for commercial break. And they literally have to hold it in place for 30 seconds and, and they can't move because if they try to move, they'll be electrocuted. And that goes for the cameraman too. He's not allowed to get involved. He is simply there to capture everything that's happening. And it's it's interesting to see when they're on commercial break, the contestants will try to like plan like, okay, like 
as soon as they say action, I'm going to run for him or you're going to punch her. Like that was such, I, I'm a, with you hundred percent that the concept, the idea for this movie was, was brilliant. And then they have the twist ending where the, um, yeah, that you, you like think that the character, killer. yeah, you think that the guy, Michael, the kind of like the, the smaller of the three guys confesses to being a serial killer. And he thinks that he has immunity, because there's some clause in the contract that they have to sign that like nothing that happens on camera can be used in the court of law. That's how they can get away with killing people and killing each other. And so he confesses to being some, you know, 26 body count serial killer back in the States. And <laughs> he goes after our, our final girl and he tries to rape her at one point because, oh, that's another thing. There's a way to survive to, to, there's a way to, um, Oh, what is yeah, it? You can, um, like you, you have like immunity if you're in that room doing the hibbity dibbity. Yeah, like you can, you can get like time. That's what I'm looking for. You can get time where no one will attack you. Like they, they say that um, it's a live show that's happening, and like you know, Vegas is you know the, all the bookies are putting bets on people. And at one point, like like the pretty, the quote unquote pretty girl was like, you know, what are my odds? And the guy was like, oh, you're like you know. Uh, like a 10 to one, you know, to survive. And she takes her top off and is standing there in her bra. And she's like, well, what are my odds now? And he was like, Oh, you're, you know, you're four to one odds to win now, you know? So they, they kind of have like this audience interaction where like the audience can kind of help guide the production team because like there's, everybody's got microphones in the ears. So like they're telling people where to go or the, the killers where to go and what to do and who to keep alive. They say that if you talk about your backstory, like if you have some sort of sob story to tell it on camera, because then that will keep you alive longer. That'll make you more interesting. And so, yeah, um, Michael and I, I can't even remember, it doesn't matter the girl's name, but Megan. the, the two people end up Megan. Thank you. They end up in the love room and they say like, if you have sex, like while you're having sex, none of the killers will attack you. So you can buy yourself that extra safe time if you get it on on camera, which of course she was like, no, fuck off. Like I've got dignity. And he was like, okay, cool. No problem. I will rape you. But you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't end up happening. But the, yeah, Michael ends up, you know, confessing to killing all these people. And Megan, who is studying law in Japan was like, um, Hey, dumbass, like, you just confess all this stuff. And he's like, I have immunity. And she's like, well, actually you don't have immunity. The immunity is for when the show is live. We're in commercial break and it's still being taped. You know, you, you've just confessed. So he was like, oh shit. So he kills himself. So Megan does walk away the winner. Yeah. And, and I also feel like looking at everything you just said, I think the hunger games battle Royale, um, a quite a few other huge, franchises and huge concept films are very much derivatives of these concepts like it's like this it's almost like these filmmakers had this amazing concept but couldn't bring it to life in the way that people would would do 5 10 15 years later um and and yeah i think that's why i like even though and there's a lot of little details to the film that make me happy like i think there is a sense of dark humor to it i think it tries to have layers even though it doesn't always hit the mark like the preacher is an interesting character even though he dies quickly and even like like i love the cheerleaders have the little skulls in there as they're like you know like there's a lot of cute little nuanced things that they put into this film that make it kind of fun for me and even though it is a total guilty pleasure and it's so cheesy 
I, I love it, and I never mind revisiting it. I was secretly super excited when you suggested we watch this again. Yeah, it's definitely the touches of, like, because, so you're you're led to believe that this is an established and very successful game show in Japan. There is the host, um, like, she comes out in all these different costumes. Like you were saying earlier, when they play the theme song, or when they play the, you know, the theme of the show, it's like you're watching the actual theme song. So, yeah, you're seeing clips of past contestants you're seeing the host her name is miho you're seeing her and all her different costume that she always dresses up in the cheerleaders the dj who plays the song the slasher song (laughs) yeah and the the live audience is there holding up signs and like it's just it's this phenomenal runaway hit and it's it's madness because it's people people watching other people get killed it's it's murder for entertainment and they're eating it up. Yeah, and I think it plays off of what was happening at the time where Amer- like Japanese game shows were like wipe out and all those were slowly starting to come to America and we were starting to realize how extreme game shows were in other countries. I do think though that the 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 film definitely wouldn't happen today in such a like cringy culturally inappropriate kind of manner. I think that it does fall victim to, to some unfortunate stereotyping and like I don't know. I, there were moments where I kind of cringe on behalf of Asian rep- poor Asian representation in horror. And, uh, sadly, I think it's also one of its lesser problems, which says a lot. But um, yeah, no, I, I really think Slashers is worth a watch. I think there's a lot of funny, goofy things that you like. It's a good popcorn flick. And I think, yeah, I think for me, it's more just the nostalgia of a time in our lives that was so, so simple and so fun and your biggest worry was which movie you were going to watch that night. And there's something really nostalgic for me in that little like moment in time between like the early two thousands and like the mid two thousands, you know? Yeah, this is, there's, it's, it's physically impossible for me to think of this movie and not think of you. Like there is just there. It's that's an an instant connection. Like this, this was our movie when, when we worked together, you know, we came home with uh, so many movies. Now, again, I commuted, but I lived very close. But I, I pretty much stayed with you and the roommates all the time. You know, I was there constantly. So we would just come home from work and I would go home yeah. to your home. So we were just sitting there and we were the only two that would, you know, enjoy these kinds of movies. Um, which is actually, you know, we have to we, we have to give credit where credit is due because – um, our friend introduced us and it was just like, you know, oh, this is, you know, my roommate and this is Jackie, this is Marissa. Hey, nice to meet you, whatever. And then I don't know how, I guess it was pretty quickly that we discovered that we both loved horror movies as much as we do. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about that today. I was trying to think of like the moment that we met and I hate that I don't remember it, but I do remember feeling like you were like, someone who shared my love of pop culture and you know because like we you're definitely one of those people I could quote movies with I can like you get every obscure pop culture reference and I feel like that's what drew me to you when we first met and then learning that we both loved horror really kind of cemented the deal and I remember people literally being jealous of of our little world that we created because you're right you were like my best roommate who didn't actually live with me like I to me in my head you were absolutely like a roommate and having you around was the best and everybody else just tolerated us when we were in the zone with each other you know Oh my god, it was, and I know I've told this story um, on the podcast before, but I have to tell it again because it's it's one of my absolute favorite stories about us. 
um, when we would go on eBay and we would yes. buy the Universal Monster models. And we like we'd patiently wait for them to arrive, and they would come in the mail, and we would just sit at the table in, in your apartment and sit there and painstakingly paint all the pieces, and we're gluing them all together, and like you know, and we were this cool. is the time. Yeah, like everybody else is out drinking and going to like frat parties. And I mean, not granted, you were in a sorority, you had your party time, and I was a theater major, so cast parties were like a fucking, uh, what, fucking Caligula, you know, birthday bash. Like some shit went down. But for the most part, when everybody else was out getting crazy and doing college stuff, and, and it's not like we didn't have boyfriends, we had boyfriends. Shockingly, considering that we were, were sitting around together. doing monster models. <laughs> No, and you know what? I remember how we would often drink a nice glass of Bailey's. We were very classy ladies. <laughs> Smoking, Smoking our, our cigarettes. Drinking Bailey's out of coffee mugs. Um, yeah, out of coffee mugs. You're right. Oh, my God. So funny. And yeah, and I couldn't have been happier. It was really like a, something I would look forward to. And I'm an idiot because we could probably make money off of those things now because those things are even more hard to find than they used to be. Oh, dude, I I remember when we started up the podcast and had talked, like brought that memory up. I went on to like Amazon and eBay. So I'm like, I'm like, dude, I am totally going to get us a monster model. They're like over a hundred dollars. I was like, go fuck yourself. They're yeah, expensive. they're like, it's, I like kick myself for getting rid of any of them because they're all super expensive. Yeah, and I just, I you know, at the risk of being sappy, I'm just so thankful for those for for your friendship back then and now your friendship now because I feel so like honestly, the best thing about Jersey Ghouls is having you in my life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like let's let's be completely transparent. We did have a little bit of a falling out after college and there was like a little chunk of time that, you know, we, you know, we were like Facebook friends. It was like the co- random comment or the hey what's up or the She's liking on post kind. or whatever. I was a selfish prick. <laughs> and I would <laughs> We both made some mistakes. We both and are I guilty lost, of some mistakes. Like so many years that I hate like that we weren't friends like I I don't even like I can't even imagine not being friends anymore you know what I mean like one thing that I loved is that when we came back it just felt so natural again like it was maybe weird for like a day yeah Yeah, like no like you you texted me like you sent me a message on Facebook and you were like yo I have this idea about a horror movie podcast you want to meet at Barnes and Nobles and chat about this like let's let's see and I was like fuck yeah no, I went to the wrong. You went to the right Barnes and Noble. I, I went to the wrong. I think we Barnes both just went to different Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> well, you know, why are you going to have two Barnes and Noble on the same Seriously, street? Seriously, dude. Who does that? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, seventy three is like a big road, but still, but still, but yeah, like you, you sent me that message out of the blue that was like, "Hey, I've got this idea. Like, let's meet up." And like, it was so exciting to see you again because we were a couple years before that supposed to get together. And we had a plan and we had a date set and everything, I remember. And then I remember like you had to cancel. And I was like, okay, no problem. We'll get together. And I remember like a month later or two months later, you were like, yo, sorry, I had to cancel. We had just found out that I was pregnant again. And like I was going through some stuff and whatever. You were pregnant with Molly. You had just found out you were pregnant with Molly. And <laughs> but yeah, like so getting to see you again on that like after that random like hey let's get together let's do a podcast and I remember sitting in Barnes and Noble and we're both flipping through like Fangoria and like kind of like writing stuff down like can we do this like how do you even do a podcast I don't know we can figure it out like there's a bunch of we we can make it work and 
And I mean, we're yeah. three years running and, and that, yeah, like getting to see you on an almost weekly or every two week basis has just, you're absolutely right. Like we fell back in together and, you know, yeah, does it suck? We lost, we lost some time. Absolutely. I would have loved to have, you know, been at your wedding. I would have loved to, you know, been there when your kids were born or whatever, but then, you know what, like you can't sit here and dwell on like the what ifs. The fact of the matter is like, we are like a huge presence in each other's life now and you yeah know, that's true that and and yeah I I really I I mean I wouldn't need that I could have done this and not even plugged the microphone in I was just so happy to be sitting around with you talking about films um and I was just so happy to have like I I do I feel like we fell back in and it's truly the best thing about this podcast and I can't believe it's been three years already it's it's crazy to think of that and yeah I mean this episode might have been a little self-indulgent but I feel like whatever it's our <laughs> podcast so well who he is and we still yeah. presented you a movie we just talked mostly about ourselves <laughs> but, yeah no i mean and like i said it's it, if you can well, find slashers i don't know if it's available yeah it's free on youtube um i don't know if it's on any streaming services like i said it's not on any of these streaming services the only place i could find it was youtube and then i think if you wanted to spend the money which i would highly recommend against you could buy a copy but it's not worth buying a copy i i feel like i would be okay buying a copy for us just because this movie means so much to us like this movie is just the representation of our college time together so i feel like i would be okay shelling out the money but yeah everybody else please go watch it for free on youtube yeah seriously i'm looking now just for giggles to see if i can even find it and i can't i'm looking all oh, over amazon it's gotta be it's out gotta there be, somewhere wait, is this it this might be it i'm gonna put our uh, i'm gonna put some of our bros to task on this like i know the boys oh, I found it it's 14 bucks on amazon Oh, that's it. I was going to say, I'm like, I know Steve and Matt from Analog Jones do like a lot of the sale. Like they'll go thrifting and they'll find it. And then, and then our, our, our Scott from Horror Movie Night does a lot of estate sales and stuff like that. So I was going to say, I could put them to test to try to find it. But if Amazon has it for $14, I have wasted way more money on a much larger fucking wank than, than spending $14 on slashers. Oh, true story. I can think of 10 ways I've spent money inappropriately worse than this today. So yeah, so while it might have like some problems because of low production value and, you know, the serial killers are a little cheesy at times, I think there are a lot of good things about it, like the concept and like the fact that it has a lot of twists and turns. Um, it's definitely gory and like a good B schlocky slasher film. Like I, I don't know, I think it has a lot of value to it. And if you're bored and have nothing better to do, then it's worth the watch. I, you know, I know that <laughs> my opinion might not mean a lot because I know it's really fucking weird, but like, I'm sorry. I love this movie through and through, you know, be it cringy, be it whatever. Yes, there is so much nostalgia driving it. But at the same time, like, this is just the kind of goofy slasher like, it's not really slapstick, but it's definitely on the goofier side. But there's there's gore, there's, you know, there there's kills, there's gore, there's a little bit of boob, there's there's kind of everything that I like in in a movie where it's like, you know what, you're just going to turn your brain off. Totally. You know, this isn't yeah. anything that we're going to sit here and be able to analyze. Like, you couldn't, you know... I, there, there's no academic articles written about this movie, and I, I'd be really hard pressed. Hold my beer. <laughs> You're gonna do it. I mean, could you? 
yes, you could totally talk about, you know, the mass hysteria of, you know, people clinging to a trend and, you know, having it kind of become an entity itself and spiraling out of control. Oh my God, I'm suddenly finding like some academic merit behind slashers. You know what? I've raged you well. <laughs> yeah, let's you know, yeah, we can thank Marissa in the last three years of, of that that coming out of my mouth. But Yeah, I've ruined you. I've ruined you. Um, no, it's true. I think there is depth to it. And I have to admit, I'm right there with you in spite of all logic. I love this movie. <laughs> I will watch it anytime you suggest it. I will like it's it's only great because of us, but it's also a decent movie on its own. I, I think that we at this point um pretty much have to not dare, but uh double dog dare our pod slashers crew. You guys need to watch this movie. You know, like I'm gonna call you out right now. I'm gonna go right to the triple dog dare. Yeah, like I'm gonna say that horror movie night, you guys gotta watch it. You don't have to we're not saying do an episode on it, but you need to watch it. Fright school, you need to watch it. You know, we are looking at all of you guys. And the boys of Fright School, I want you to come down out of that ivory tower, all your academic hoity toity talk, and I want you to slum it with the rest of us down in B movie world. <laughs> this is something I think even Joe can get behind. I think I think he can get behind this one because this is very much okay. Yes, it's a horror movie. You know, there's killers, but this is very much horror light. Like I really don't see this as being any sort of. There's no terror scale coming from this. If one. they actually watch this movie, we're never going to hear the end of it. Like they will make fun <laughs> of us for the rest of eternity. Uh, let's just hope they don't listen to the the whole episode. <laughs> But yeah, no. Um, so yeah, so thanks for letting us be self-indulgent tonight. It was fun to just kind of take a stroll down memory lane and think about the good old days. And uh, man, I miss those Hollywood video nights. I know. And you know what? We are probably the reason why the company uh, the company closed. You know, there's, it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. And it's probably from all the popcorn you stole. And, you know, it's probably from me, you know, just fucking off and not paying attention. And other people stole on my watch and you know so we're I'm sorry i'm taking that bullet <laughs> no <laughs> so i think that hollywood video was doomed <laughs> once netflix and redbox came out and i only played one small 0.00% in the reasons why it closed because my occasional thievery of concessions right i can't get like charged for this because it's like the limitations concession theft coming down on you and honestly they should really be going after large marge because she's so way worse than i do remember the boxes she would take home we're so dumb boxes of movies why didn't we ever question her when she was walking out with, like, vaults of money or, like, <laughs> boxes of movies? I don't even remember what her excuse was. But, yeah, like, she was... She didn't, have any. She didn't even she bother with excuses. Put... She... Oh, God. We were terrible at our jobs. Yeah, we never stopped any of that. And not only did we not stop, but we never... It never dawned on me. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, man, she must be watching a lot of movies this weekend. <laughs> Because I could easily go through 10 in a weekend, so it never, yeah. none of it ever dawned on me. Yeah. I was a terror. In retrospect, I was a terrible assistant key-holding manager of you Hollywood are. video. <laughs> but I loved the place. I really did. I know. And and you know what? Just to kind of make, make our circle of life whole, um, Nate 
also worked at Hollywood Video because when I left the our store that we worked together in, I transferred to another store and that's where I met Nate. So I, I mean, we didn't meet at Hollywood Video. We worked together, but I met Nate working at Hollywood Video when I changed locations. Yeah, it was a very like not you way not circle of life kind of thing. We have Hollywood Video to thank for a lot of things in our life. Anything else? No, that's that's everything I got. Yeah, me too. I can't believe we talked about ourselves and a really goofy movie for this long. Um, thank you so much for tuning. Yeah, me too. Just goes to show off to literally talk about anything. We are going to be at the Pop Rock and Horror Convention. May 31st, June 1st, and June 2nd in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. We are going to be there with a bunch of our friends. This is the first ever pop rock and horror convention. There are going to be a ton of celebrity guests, a ton of events, cool movies playing. So yeah, we hope to see you guys at Pop Rock and Horror at the end of the month. Uh, But until then, you can check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls and you will find us. You can find us on your favorite podcast app, again, by searching for Jersey Ghouls. And if you go to jerseyghouls.com, you will find our podcast, our blog, our movie reviews, and more. And if you're looking for something else to keep you busy while you're uh, working at the video store tonight, you can also check out Mies on Scream, don't I wish, Mies on Scream, (laughs) Uh, where myself and my partner Katie talk about the academic and sociological background of horror films and how they're influenced by the world around them. And yeah, thank you so much for coming out. Man, I miss video stores. I miss Friday to open a video store. We really need to. I mean, we we got to go. I got to go to to an actual video rental store a couple weeks ago out in Pennsylvania. Um, and it's we need to bring them back. We need to have like the Jersey Ghouls rental store. Oh my god, I'm so in. I feel like it's so old school. It's cool again. I think so. I think I think we could make it work. So we're gonna plan on that, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 